Bad Sandwich by Dan Thompson and Jim Eaton. Episode 1 Wild Watch. On this week's Wild Watch, we're going to look at the controversial Badger Call of 2016. Why was it done? How was it done? Was it done? It was. That's why we're talking about it. I'm Kate Bramble, and using interviews and archive recordings, I'm going to try to get to the bottom of one of the bloodiest chapters in the history of our hedgerows. Originally brought to this country by William the Conqueror for a bet, the common badger is known by many names, including Hedgepig, Somerset Panda, Randy Banded Snufflebag, and Jonathan. For years, it has been one of the most beloved residents of the British countryside. However, by 2016, the government decided that the UK's badger population was growing out of hand. Concerned about the effects of a highly contagious sexually transmitted infection linked to badgers, it was decided that a cull was the only option. Former Minister Lord Rollins explains. It was more controversial back then. Why do you think that was? Well, badgers had more rights back then. There was a badger MP and didn't attend much, but he had a seat. Well, it was more of a box with some straw in it. Not a lot of people know this, but the badger MP was instrumental in bringing down Thatcher. How so? Oh, she tripped over him. Of course, once they got protected status, he just stopped attending. Single-issue mammals of badgers. That and their randy fuckers. With their voice in Parliament now silent following the abolition of the Farthingwood South seat, badger rights began to fall out of favour. The last ray of hope came when one MP suggested that members of the public should simply be encouraged not to have sexual intercourse with badgers. But following a furious campaign by the Daily Mail, this motion was never passed. The battle lines were drawn and things immediately intensified when the internet collective known as Anonymous entered the fray. Governments of the world, this is your warning. We are anonymous. We are legion. For too long you have sought to crush those weaker than you beneath your corporate heel. Now, we will take action. Anonymous will bring your institutions to their knees in defense of the badgers. The, wait, wait, what's a badger? Hang on, let me wiki it. I, it's, uh, I, really? Seriously? It's like a fat weasel. Oh, this is bollocks. I'm going to go play FIFA. And promptly exited it. But it wasn't just the internet coming to the aid of badgers. Wildlife expert Christopher Doggins spoke to several local businesses on the eve of the cull. Well, quite frankly, it's ridiculous. It will destroy the economy. Basildon's economy relies solely on the tourists that these badger fights bring in. I mean, that's what the Kenneth Graham Memorial Thunderdome is for. Well, most people wouldn't believe you could do this to such a majestic animal. Well, we tried it with pigeons, but it didn't work. Why not? Well, the badgers murdered them in seconds. Well, I think it's immoral and, frankly, sick. We give them entrance music. All right, give me 20 on the big one. While many of the protests centred on the moral aspects of the cull, Other questions were raised about the effectiveness of government methods. Back in 2016, I spoke to one of the experts in charge of carrying out the cull. So, what is the government doing to tackle this problem? We installed barrage balloons, but unfortunately we seem to have located them outside of the Badger's territory. How far outside? About 200 feet or so, it depends on the length of the rope. 
It turns out that the badger is primarily a land-based animal, Kate. In fact, our research does seem to indicate that a very large portion of the average badger's territory exists outside of a barrage balloon's ideal operational area. What percentage? Uh, between 100 and all of it. It sounds like you hadn't thought this through. If I'm honest, I was expecting them to be using Messerschmitts. Why would you think that? It's a fine plane, Kate. It's a fine plane. One of the major battles the government faced was the difficulty of locating the badgers themselves. High-profile outdoors and wildlife experts were brought in to help deal with this problem. Christopher Doggins spoke to one such expert, Tiger Ovens. Exactly. Now, in order to try and pinpoint the location of these verge-hogging mole shelterers, the government have set up <laughs> hidden microphones around the area so that they can listen to and converge upon the badgers. So, Tiger, have you had much experience using hidden microphones? Absolutely, Chris. Using Lowe's while I was in Africa and got pretty good at it, if I don't mind me saying. Fantastic. Well, why don't you tell me a bit about the sounds we're picking up? That's a pangolin. A pangolin? As in the African armadillo-like creature? Definitely. In Berkshire? I know a pangolin when I hear one. Do you know a badger when you hear one? Uh, what now? Out of interest, how much of your experience would you say was exclusively with African mammals, Tiger? All of it, Chris. Knowing about British wildlife won't save your skin when you're camping out in the savannah. Right. By midsummer, resistance to the culls had intensified. Operating out of hidden bases in various copses around the country, Brian May began to conduct a one-man counter-offensive against government forces. It was brutal. I'd never seen anything quite like it. Brian May was conducting a one-man guerrilla campaign on behalf of the Badgers, ambushing our patrols and then vanishing into the woods. All you'd find were pools of blood, bits of flesh, and a clog. The Badgers themselves quickly mobilised their own resistance. The battles were long and bloody. This is an extract from a moving letter sent by a lone Badger sniper to his sweetheart. My darling... When will this war be over? Why are we fighting? Why won't they see reason? Why do they insist on making love to us and then using us for shaving brushes? I long to see you, to hold you, my own, my one, my... Well, badges don't really make for life. I, I saw you waddling across the paddock this morning and thought, four. but you know what I mean. In fact, let's be honest, I'm not even really writing this. Uh, Badgers can't write, or talk for that matter. Well, that's what we think they'd say to each other. With the casualties rising and the cost of the cull coming in at well over a third of the UK's entire military budget, a peace treaty was thrashed out in a bid to end the conflict. Sadly, after the talks, the Badgers lured all the delegates into a room where they were all shot. You could say, it was a set-up. I'm not sure that's appropriate. Set. Up. Kate, people died. Shh. Set. Up. The government's views began to change following a landslide victory for the Badger Party as the only viable alternative to Jeremy Corbyn, and the cull was called off. Ultimately, nobody benefited from the vicious and bitter conflict especially when it transpired that the whole campaign 
had been secretly orchestrated by field mice. Pricks. Some people say I should be ashamed of the legacy that my regime left behind, but I say history will be the judge, and I was merely executing the will of the British people. How many badgers did you kill? Uh, seven? Well, I for one will sleep more soundly tonight knowing that. Thank you, Minister. I hate voles. Wild Watch was written and recorded by Dan Thompson and Jim Eaton. It starred Nicholas Sangster as Kate Bramble and Gareth Cooper as Christopher Doggins, with additional voices by Dan Thompson and Jim Eaton. Music was by bensounds.com. It was a Bad Sandwich production for... You?